from 1924 when he threw rocks around Ape Canyon. Down into the modern age, he's been a boon companion. Though many folks have seen him know, now none of them have held him or brought a decent hair sample to Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum. If you're walking through the woods one night and you see a vague footprint, Build a mold and cast that bitch, cause it could be a hit. But if you've never seen a Sasquatch, just seek and you will find. Because Bigfoot is a state of mind. Yes, Bigfoot is a state of mind. Everybody, welcome to the Hidden Zoo, where every week we make fun of an animal that probably doesn't exist. Uh, my name is Don, and with me as always is Blake. We're back. Hey. Uh, and we have a guest this week, uh, my bestest uh, hetero life mate in a whole wide world, Mr. Ibe. Greetings and salutations. Uh, and Ibe and I uh, actually went on a Bigfoot hunt together. And I'm sure maybe we'll have him talk about it on some episode in the future. But it's not the topic of today's episode because uh, I, I, have, I have one. And they're both a little prepped for it. Uh, usually everyone goes in cold. But this time, there's a short film about this creature, and I wanted them to be able to watch it so they could comment on it when, when I got to that point in the story. And I think they both watched it, and neither of them was very satisfied with that 16 minutes of their lives. No, it was bad. I want, I want the time back. Yeah. Well, you can't have it, so fuck off. I'm a little offended, John. Why? I thought I was your hetero wife, mate. Well, I've known I've much longer. So? <laughs> Good argument. I'm. I don't. I, you're. Def, I'm defeated. He's grandfathered in, huh? Is that how that works? Yeah. All right. I've been. I've been scuba diving with him. I think it'd be more stepfathered in, given the number of times I've claimed to have banged your mom. That's true. Scuba diving. What? Yes. Right. Well, I guess that that is pretty cool. Yeah. One time. One time he got stung by a bunch of fire coral. And and just wait, no, that was when you got the jellyfish. Remember when you got the jellyfish? Yeah, and you guys laughed at me when I took a shower. He forgot that nematocytes dump, nematocytes dump their entire payload of neurotoxin if they're exposed to fresh water, and then he took a shower. Mm-hmm. So, it hurt really bad. Yeah, me and our other friend Jamin just heard uh, the, the water turn on, and about five seconds later, we heard. Ah! It was pretty funny. Well, if you had been just wearing a wetsuit, you wouldn't have gotten stung all over. Yeah, wetsuits are for pussies. <laughs> pussies. Yeah. One time we tried to go dive in an aquarium in Ohio just for practice, and the lady wouldn't, like, first she wouldn't let us go in without a wetsuit, but then we said, screw you, we're going in anyway. And then she wouldn't take our credit cards, even though her sign said credit cards accepted. So, fuck. Dive. There is a, wait, there's a credit. <laughs> Hold on here. So... You're paying someone via credit card to dive in their quarry. Yeah. Yes. To find what? Murder victims in cars? Hopefully. <laughs> if we were lucky. <laughs> I mean, that's the dream, but... I'm so irritated, so I I don't know if you know this, but Don made fun of me for wearing a wetsuit when I went in cold ass <laughs> water. I did. Well... Like he said, what since are for pussies? The lady wouldn't let us go in because the water is only 55, and we're like, we'll deal. Like 50 degrees, you wear a wetsuit. No. That's yeah. like oh, those fucking pussy astronauts with their spacesuits. What a bunch of facts. <laughs> exactly. Seriously, 100%. If they were real men, they could withstand the pressure and radiation and extreme cold. 
Uh, you mean lack of pressure yeah, in spade? The opposite of what I said. <laughs> well, it's the pressure from the inside to get some. So. Yeah. See, okay, he, yeah. he's a lawyer, and you just got lawyered. Fuck, we can't have lawyers on here. <laughs> well, it's too late. I'm already in. <laughs> yeah. So, so far, we have had uh, we've had a science educator. Who's guessed it? We've had a science educator. We had a science teacher. We had a, uh, a government apparatchik, and now we have a lawyer. A government what? Uh, John. He works for a government somewhere. Oh, okay. But I, I feel like I shouldn't say where. That's nice and opaque. Yeah. You know, government guy. He's a gov- he works for the government. You know what I mean. The State Department. Don't ask. He works for, uh, he's got some initials after he's his He's a civil name. servant. Exactly. He's part of the deep state. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go this week. Uh, let me get to my notes here. Um, so you guys both know what cryptid I'm doing. Uh, and uh, and the story here is set uh, in a town called Fisherville, Kentucky. Now, fi- what? Huh? Off to a great start. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fisherville. It's a, it's a small neighborhood in Louisville. And, uh, and as Ive and I can both tell you, the closer you live to Louisville, the fewer syllables the name of the city has. True. So now read things. Yeah. It's it, what? It's that it's hard to pronounce and read things. In oh, Kentucky. yeah. You got to keep it simple. And so, like, oh. if you live in Indiana, most people pronounce it Louisville. Louisville. And, like, the first, like when I lived in Washington, I asked people, what's that L city in Kentucky? And they go, Lexington. I go, no, the other one, asshole. And they would say, oh, yeah, Louisville. And then you get to the Midwest, and it's Louisville. And then you get into Louisville, and I'm pretty sure it's like, whoa. It's just one long, one oh syllable. So, anyway. Well, you need teeth to pronounce things. <laughs> it's true. They help a lot. So, uh, uh, Fisherville used to be known for its amazing mineral water until it ran out of that. And then it was known for a basketball coach named Denny Crum because he was a two-time men's NCAA championship winner. And now, I think it's fair to say that it's most famous for its resident cryptid, the Pope Lick Monster. And, <laughs> Like, vaguely dirty, that is. I know. And, like, it was vaguely dirty when they named it in, like, the 70s. I don't know. I couldn't trace down an exact origin time. But it's even dirtier and funnier now after, like, the Catholic abuse scandals. Oh, yeah. The 15th time that they've been diddling. Yeah. So the the Pope Lake monster is half man, half goat. Yeah, he's a... um... Oh, fuck, he's uh, what's his name from Manos? <laughs> well, it's, no, no. Legend has it he was created in a lab with the sole purpose of hosting MTV's. Hey, remember the eighties? Oh, right, and played by <laughs> Jim Brewer. Brewer. <laughs> what dude's name from Manos? Uh, I don't know. You've probably seen that way more recently than I have. On theme. Let me find it. Uh, I should know this. I'm irritated. Because that one involves a satyr character, where, which uh, the actor put the satyr legs on backwards so we can <laughs> Torgo. So poor Torgo the satyr put Aww. the legs on backwards so he can barely walk. It looks really goofy because <laughs> he has these giant lumpy legs and he can't really walk. 
What, I mean, would it have been easier if they had been on the right way? I don't know. It seems really weird that no one told him, hey, uh, Torgo, your legs are on backwards. The question is, did they know? Well, I really hope that they just shot the real worth of film and no one noticed. And then the <laughs> supervisor was like, well, nope. We already established his legs are fucked up. <laughs> so, so for continuity now, they just got to stay fucked up. Got to wear them that way for the rest of the movie. He's like, oh, guys, but it hurts. It's your fault. Now I can't walk. Well, sorry. That's it's cheaper to fuck up your knees than <laughs> another role. <laughs> Real film. So I, the rules of the podcast are you can jump in whenever you want. Ibe. He's still there? I think we might have lost him. Maybe he just let he's he quit. He's done. He heard that we couldn't have any lawyers. Ibe. God damn it, I hate it when this happens, especially because I hate editing. Has this happened before? Did we lose someone before? I think so. Who was it? Oh, you weren't there. It was when John and Tom were here. We actually had to start in again. I liked that one. Which what, which monster did they do? Uh, you uh, you listened to John. Listen to one of them. Yeah, John did uh, the uh, the Enfield monster. That's right. That was fun. We were listening to that in the car in Denver. Yeah. And uh, and Tom did. Oh, fucking! I can't remember what it was or how it was pronounced. Uh, it was some weird bird that looked like it was made out of steak. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That was, fun. that was a fun trip. Don and I went to Denver. Yeah, and we talked about it We last last week's episode. So Ive says he lost sound. He'll be back on the call as soon as he figures this out. Was there in Denver live yeah. with us. We And, and, and wouldn't talk. Yeah, and we got to see some cool animals. And fucking Bigfoot was everywhere. Yeah, there was lots of Bigfoot in advertising. Like they're, they're culturally yeah. appropriating the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, they are. They're culturally appropriating our our silly cryptid it's bullshit i saw some really good chainsaw art of bigfoot yesterday nice i kind of wanted one because they were really big and they looked exactly like harry from harry and the henderson <laughs> well we were out there a friend of mine uh sent me uh for 75 bucks she sent me a picture of uh well it was 75 bucks she didn't charge me 75 bucks anyway for 75 bucks at the Indiana State Fair, you could buy a uh, a large, flat Bigfoot silhouette that had been, like, uh, laser cut out of old, rusty metal. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it looked pretty cool, but... Uh, Bigfoot. She said she would have picked it up for me, but it would have been hard to get home on her bicycle. I've been to the town where they shot the, the Bigfoot wood stuff. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. You're back. You're back. About where they shot Harry and the Hendersons. So yeah, so I'm gonna leave it up to you guys. Should I should the nickname of the Pope Lick monster be Old Popey or Old Licky? Old Licky. Blake? How about Old Pope Licky? <laughs> old Pope Licky? I just wanna imagine a goat monster licking a Pope. Okay. So old Pope Licky is he's rumored to hang out on a high train trestle above the Pope Lick Creek. And now I'm like trying to envision how that creek got its name, but I'm coming up blank. Maybe it was one of the just the really naughty popes, and he just came to America and did some licking. Like, hey, what's the worst pope? I don't know. Let's call it Pope Lick. 
I can't spell Pope Pius II or whatever, so we'll just call it Lick. Pope Lick the Fourth. <laughs> so Pope Pope the uh, Pope Lick Creek. It's uh, it's outside of Fisherville, and uh, old Pope Licky has the body of a man, the legs of a goat, and goat horns on his head. So he's essentially Mister Tumnus the Fawn from Narnia. Yeah, he's a it's a, he's a satyr. Yeah, he's, right? he's just he's unoriginally a satyr. Uh, and the big difference between him and, and Mister Tumnus, though, is that he's a giant dick. Because according to Kentucky folklore, his whole thing is that he tries to lure people up onto the trestle so that they die. Huh. Yeah. I be there. Did we lose you again? No, nope, you didn't lose me. Okay, just jump in whenever. Okay. So what what is there a difference between a fawn and a satyr? Uh I've never been able to figure one out. Is one just Roman and the other one Greek? Maybe. They were kind of dicks about doing that. Yeah, the Romans were like, well, now we'll just do exactly the same thing. We're just gonna yeah. We're just gonna we're just gonna change the names. This won't confuse anyone ever later on. I think they're more more or less the same, just Roman and Greek, like you said. So, uh, so uh, old Pope Licky's methods of killing people on the bridge they include uh, using hypnosis or a magical siren song to lure people up onto the trestle. Uh, or maybe he used infrasound like Bigfoot does. Um, <laughs> really, who knows? Uh, he can mimic the voices of loved ones to lure people up onto the trestle. And he does this when a train is coming. Both of these things, he, he does it when trains are coming. So you either get hit by the train or you're forced to jump off and fall 100 feet into the Pope Lit Creek and die. Uh, so this is a cryptid that's developed a symbiotic relationship with trains. <laughs> yeah, with one specific bridge. It's, a, it's adapted to code. <laughs> he also uh, chases people off the trestle with a bloody axe, according to some stories. Where does he get the axe? Psh, don't ask if, these things. If he's not killing people, why is it bloody? Um, I, look, I, I don't know why you're trying to debate with us here. Yeah, who did kill to get the blood? <laughs> Well, I mean, if he's buddies with Bigfoot, maybe Bigfoot taught him infrasound and let him borrow some of all that menstrual blood. So what did he do before trains? Uh, he didn't. As far as I can tell, he postdates. Well, he postdates the trestle. So there's a, there's a, a story. I, I can jump ahead in my notes to that. There is an origin story. But first, let me finish his his uh, the other techniques he uses to kill you, and then I'll get to his origin story. Uh, he will grab your ankles from underneath the trestle and hold you in place until the train hits you. Which uh, does raise the question of how he is under the trestle without falling. And according to some folklore, he is just so goddamn ugly that if you see him, you just throw yourself off the trestle and die. Wow. And so, so here's his uh, the most prominent origin. I found a couple different origins, but this one was my favorite. So this is the one I decided to talk about. Uh, he was a freak in an evil circus. He was a half goat, half man in the freak show, but he was abused by the ringmaster in the circus, so he escaped while it was passing through Kentucky, and he became the Pope Lick monster. <laughs> he wasn't from one of those good circuses where nothing bad happened. No, he was like he was like from ICP's Dark Carnival. <laughs> and so I hope that the juggalos of, of today know that you you should be nice to your goat men. Oh, 
No more Fago or ICP. Escape <laughs> your tortures. I can't listen to miracles one more time. I'm going to go kill people. Oh, no. But suddenly the axe totally makes sense, though. He's just Hatchet Man. Yeah, it's just, it's just a hat. Yeah, that's what Hatchet Man is, is yeah. the, the Blick monster. <laughs> what? So it all fits together so cleanly. Oh, yeah, totally. Now, now, if figure how magnets work. <laughs> no, that doesn't fit together at all. How does that work? It doesn't make sense. So I, I think it should be obvious at this point that this thing, uh, the public monster, old Pope Licky, shows up on the cryptid wiki and is considered a cryptid for some reason. But really, he's like a scary story to tell in the dark style urban legend. Like he's... He, he, the he, juggalo, it's Juggalo Mothman. Yeah. Or, or even Mothman people had claimed to see it, though. Like there's never been a recorded sighting of the Pope Lick monster. He's more like a Juggalo, you know... Man with the hook hand at Lover's Lane. Hold on, so it's just like dead kids at the bottom of a railroad bridge, and they decide, oh, it had to have. It couldn't have just been stupid kids. Well, it had to have it's interesting that you bring that up because he does have a body count. Like, despite the fact that he doesn't exist, I looked this up as well because people go to the trestle to check it out and get hit by trains. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is something that, like, I'm honestly surprised there isn't an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark based on Old Pope Licky. It seems, like, ripe for the Midnight Society. Apparently, this trestle is really long, and if you walk out into the middle of it and a train shows up, you're fucked. Yeah, you're completely fucked. Train can't stop. I don't know if you remember this from Driver's Ed, but it takes, like, two miles for a train to stop. Yeah, they have a lot of inertia. You don't think that's supernatural. That's just, you know, trains are big. Yeah. And heavy and fast. So what, yeah. what, one of the things I learned doing this research is, and I feel like I should have known this uh, at some point in my life because it was a word invented by anthropologists and folklorists, and I have a degree in anthropology, and I'm kind of a folklore nerd. Um, I've never heard the term legend tripping until today. I saw that, too. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, so so legend tripping is basically... We've all done it. I guarantee it. As soon as I define it, you'll go, oh, yeah, I remember doing that. It's You typically do it when you're... In adolescence, and it's when you go to that creepy place around your area where you grew up, and there's some bullshit urban legend, and you have to like do the creepy thing, and it's like a rite of passage for te- rite of passage for teenagers. Gotta go to old Mister McGarnacle's house and yeah. steal a crab apple. Because if you if you don't steal it in time, he'll reach through the window and rip your spine out through your asshole. Right, that kind of shit. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, and I asked Ive to back me up on this. I gave him prior warning to this because in Marion, Indiana, where we, he grew up there and I went to high school there, uh, legend tripping in there is going to Hobbitland at night. And it's, uh, it's a wooded area mm-hmm. that actually was a battlefield in the, the uh, War of 1812. Yeah, it's the, the Battle of Mississinawa happened there. So during the day, it's just called the Battleground, and every year there is a, a war reenactment that's pretty cool called 1812. But at night, it's Hobbitland. Yes. When you're 16 and stupid. At night, why is it Hobbitland? Are there holes in the ground that are not gross but comforting? <laughs> Uh, allegedly, years ago, a farmer, and it's always an anonymous farmer. There, there are a dozen stories from around Marion, um, where I live, that it's always one time a farmer found this or a farmer saw that. And with Hobbitland, it was an anonymous farmer found hobbits in his farm in Hobbitland, 
and handed and chased them off, and that the hobbits, or depending on who you ask, little demons, are there to protect the Satan worshippers <laughs> who only uh, have human sacrifice ceremonies out at the battleground. Yeah, I, I had I had the Satanists in my notes. Interesting. And when did this event occur? Uh, usually about 20, 20 to 30 years before whoever is telling it was in high school. <laughs> oh, and uh, there's also a tree that is, has been spray painted with the words, you die first. Oh, shit. Yeah. Is that tree real? I've, I've been through that battleground many times. I've never seen that tree. Does it exist? It does exist, and it used to actually be like a reflective paint. Oh, so if you drove through at night, you couldn't miss it? You drove through at night, and when you're, you turned a corner and your headlights would hit it, and you would just see like it would light up, you die first. Well, there you go. It's proof that the Satanists are there for reals. Yeah. Well, Hobbits are well known for their love of reflective spray paint. And yeah. Satan. They Tolkien, it's in the appendices. It's in the appendices. Yeah, it's like it was in the cut sixth ending of Return of the King, <laughs> when when Sam needed to fix the the bar, and so he just used retroreflective spray paint. I think it's part of the nine hours of Hobbit movie that are currently on TNT in the other room <laughs> that that nobody's ever seen all of. It's in the the third movie currently. And Yay. yes, I've had it on all day while I do other shit wow. in the background. <laughs> so I I actually did not do any legend tripping at Hobbitland, but I did. And I, as I recall, you got to see some tits at Hobbitland. I'm going to say, that sounds like a pity time, like where you see boobies right before you might get murdered, but you don't, so you run away. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was uh, take her out to Hobbitland, scare the shit out of her, and then get her top off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, and- that worked. <laughs> For him, we will. Now, our our uh, our uh, friend we mentioned before we started recording. We have another friend, Klein. Me and I, and Blake. You met Klein at one point. One time, he tried that. Uh, we were in college at the time, and Klein was not um, yet. Uh, he tried to take his girlfriend out to Hobbitland. And told Ibe, I'm going to take her out. We're going to take her out to Hobbitland. I'm going to get some. So naturally, Ibe followed him out to Hobbitland. A gross voice for that. <laughs> and, well, it's kind of a gross thing to take a girl out to a place she can't escape you and try to scare her into nakedness. It's the implication. Implication. <laughs> so Ibe followed him out. And uh, and while he knew he was like trying to, to, to get his pathetic, lame uh, sex on... He started driving around circles around Klein's car and like honking the horn and flashing the brights. <laughs> and then he just disappeared and drove on down the road. So later on, when Klein met him down the road, he's just sitting on top of the exact same car that had done that. And Klein was like, Man, Ive, I'm so glad you're here. Some guy in a fucking Buick was like driving around honking the horn. Like this one. Flash. Well, it wasn't a Buick, it was a Chevy. It was a Pontiac. I, oh, just, sorry. Bought, I just bought this car. At the time, I drove a Firebird, um, but went to college at Purdue. So at least once a week, somebody would ding it. So I bought this cheap beater Pontiac Bonneville that was so horrible. Like the hood latch was a stick that hung from under the bottom, the front bumper. Oh, it was great. And the driver's door didn't work. So I mean, this thing was just a shitbox. But it cost you what, like 600 bucks? 
yeah, like six hundred dollars was amazing. Yeah, it's a roadhouse of you to do that. Yeah. So I just bought this car. So Klein didn't recognize it, and so I'm doing donuts around him, kicking up dirt and rocks, and flashing the lights and honking, and then drive away. He comes up a little bit later. I'm sitting on the hood of this car as he tells me this entire story about these assholes who had this fucking Buick who he was trying to get laid and they kept driving around him and honking. Good times. Yeah, good times. So, Blake, did did you have anything like that in Idaho? Any, like, creepy place that people would go to? Not really. I mean, you could just drive ten minutes in any direction and it looked like Blair Witch, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> any of them worked <laughs> so like i said though and you sounds like you guys figured it out too that people have actually died while legend tripping to the pope pope train trestle uh and the multiple people have died apparently uh, in the 80s there were a couple of cases of teenagers and the most recent one i could find was actually in 2016 and it was not a teenager it was a 26 year old woman named raquel bain she was struck by a train and killed while looking for old Pope Licky in 2016, like I said, uh, and her boyfriend was there. Her boyfriend of one month watched it happen, watched her get hit by the train and her body get flung off and fall a hundred fucking feet to the ground. And uh, it left her child motherless. Now, this is very, very terrible. It's obviously a, a tragedy, but that said, I feel like maybe a 26-year-old should know better. Yeah, and it's... Fucking, you get hit by a train. Fuck you. Yeah, like, and like what, like legend tripping is, it's categorized by folklorists and anthropologists as a thing that fucking adolescents do. But I guess she's like so many other people in our generation and, and just never quite grew out of that shit. Trains operate on a fixed path. <laughs> oh shit, that train came out of nowhere. No, it went exactly on the track where trains go. So I have a pretty good quote from her boyfriend, and I don't mean to rub it in because he claims that, and I believe him, he legitimately suffered PTSD and depression and anxiety after seeing this happen like that. Must have been absolutely horrible. But this was in the news report where I read this. He said, it sounds so stupid. What are you doing up on the train track? But we are not stupid people. <laughs> There's evidence to the contrary. Yeah, like it does sound stupid because like, cause it is. In the immortal words of the uh, modern philosopher Forrest Gump, <laughs> is as stupid does. So, like, I have a great uncle who got hit by a train twice. He was stupid. But, well, he was really drunk. <laughs> so, alcohol influenced the getting hit by a train problem. twice. How, how did he survive the first one? I think it mostly hit the car. Did he survive the second one? Yes. Oh, wow. He's like that guy in, what was that other movie that was basically Forrest Gump with Brad Pitt? Where he ages in reverse? Benjamin Button. Yeah, Benjamin Button. Yeah, like the only good, really good part of that movie was the dude who got struck by lightning seven times. Still haven't seen it. Yeah, it's basically Forrest Gump. If you've seen Forrest Gump, just imagine him aging in reverse. Forrest Gump is just the best, worst movie. Yeah, I don't like it much, but it has its moments. feels calculated to make you like it. Yeah, it was like Oscar bait before that term existed. It's where it's, oh, he's just a real simple man who <laughs> loves 
America and experiences all the coolest parts of it. But then when you think about it, the real message is you can succeed as long as you respect authority and do everything that everybody tells you, even if you're a total moron. And he kind of gets raped. In it. Yeah, a little bit. Because I don't think he knows what's going on when Jenny just climbs up on him. But I did. I read a convincing case on Reddit that I never thought of before that the reason she would never have sex with him before that is because having been molested as a child, she saw it as rape. Huh. Yeah. Well, this makes sense. Yeah. But yet she still does it. So, yeah, but eventually after she realizes that maybe he's not as dumb as she thought, I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> so speaking of dumb, though... Um, I feel like uh, it should also be pointed out that Norfolk Southern Railway, who runs the train that's still active on this trestle, has urged people since the 80s to stay off the fucking trestle. Yeah, don't go up there. Because like, just because it looks rickety doesn't mean the train is not still operating on it. And apparently if they see you, like you'll just get arrested. They'll just call the cops, which, yeah. you know, it could be worse. It's not standby me. You're not going to escape. <laughs> now, the best part of this whole story... <clears throat> is the short film I had these two watch earlier today, a 16-minute film from 1989 called The Legend of the Popelik Monster. I've seen worse. Yeah, I- I've got to say, it's, it is pretty bad, though. It's all in black and white, and it's shot in a way that makes clerks look like like virtuoso cinematography. I like the song, though. Uh, the Redneck song? That was pretty fun. Yeah, it's uh, spelled with two Ds. I love the romantic B-plot. They consisted entirely of two people looking wayly at each other and then a guy popping up and saying, what are you doing to my sister? Yeah, like the, there are three characters, two grown-ass dudes playing teenagers who look less like teenagers than Chris O'Donnell did in Batman Forever. And then a chick who's there for no reason. And the entire plot, and you guys feel free to correct me if I miss anything. Three teenagers leave a high school football game. They scam some beer, which they only ever call brewskis. That's right. That's right. That did bug me a little bit. Like, who the fuck says brewskis? No one says brewskis. Bro. Go some brewskis, bro. Let's go slam some brewskis. Man. So then they go to the Popelik trestle, and one of the dudes climbs up and taunts the other dude until he climbs up, too. Then when the dude climbs up, he sees old Popelicky, but then a train comes, and he survives by hanging onto the side of the trestle. Like, he hangs onto one of the railroad ties while the train is crossing, because that's totally possible to do that for the five to seven minutes it takes for a train to cross while the train is shaking and trying to dislodge you because it's heavy. He but, looked very nonchalant during that whole process also. He looked what? Very nonchalant. Oh, yeah. Off the railroad trestle. He, yeah, just, just like, cool. Oh, and by the way, uh, it's night when they leave the b- football game. It's evening when they scam the beer, and the middle of the day when they're at the trestle. And, like, they draw attention to this fact, because the opening shot is, like, really, really overexposed and backlit from the lights at the football stadium. And then when they're on the trestle, at one point, the camera looks directly at the fucking sun. It's a nightmare. Well, they didn't have premiere yet. Yeah, it's true. But, like, they did it on purpose. But, like, oh, and the weird, maybe the weirdest part was, the like, the frame story. That for some reason it needed an adult version of one of the dudes sitting on a bar stool and talking to the camera about the Popelik monster before and afterwards. 
kind of guy. They have a bookender. Yeah. Do oh, yeah. And explain what's going on. He's like, yeah, the Popelik monster was a thing that Clancy did a thing with. And I, well, you know, I haven't seen Clancy since then. I hear he has some kids, though. <laughs> he yeah. went on to become Senator Robert Blutarski. That's right. Senator and Mrs. Blutarski. Mm-hmm. So although the, the story about the, the woman who got killed said that the boyfriend hung off the trestle like you're not supposed to be able to do and survive. <laughs> I doubt that. How else did he, did he outrun the train? How else did he survive? Uh, probably didn't go up there in the first place. It sounded like he was up there. It, it, the thing I read said that he, he hung off of the trestle and survived. And maybe he climbed down. Maybe he was close enough to one of the, like the, the support beam thingies to climb down. I don't know, but he did survive. So, Oh, and, um, so th- uh, th- I'm going to leave this with my last thought on the Pope Lake monster. Sometimes he's actually half sheep, half man. He's very Torino regardless. Yeah. Great. Great. A theme. Was, and I thought it was very interesting. Half sheep, half goat, half man. Yeah, he's like man bear pig. Makes him half. <laughs> Yeah, that's not that's three things. You can't have three things. I'm super serial, you guys. He's one third one thing, one third the other. That's just math. No, they were very clear. It was half, half, half. <laughs> He's a hundred and fifty percent things. It's like how Bender is fifty percent whatever alloy he needs to be for that episode. He's forty percent. Oh yeah. I made a forty percent uh whatever the thing is. <laughs> I'm forty percent dolomite. Dolomite, that's what it is. <laughs> what he has to save the dog. Hardest, blackest mineral. So, <laughs> so I, I've got a real monster this week. Or, well, real animal. And the real animal I chose that is similar to and cooler than old Popey is the Walia Ibex. And if you don't know, an Ibex is a type of mountain goat. And Ibexes have really sweet-ass, long goat horns. And there are different kinds, different species in Europe, Asia, and Africa, and they're a mountain breed. Uh, they uh, and the the Walia ibex lives in Ethiopia, and at minimum about eight thousand feet elevation, up to about fifteen thousand feet. And the reason I chose this ibex instead of the other sweet ass horned ibexes is because this one is extremely endangered, mostly due to habitat loss. And I would like to use this opportunity to raise consciousness among the two dozen people who listen to this show. That people in Ethiopia are working hard to restore its habitat because right now there are only about 500 individuals left. But even if uh, it stopped getting poached today, its habitat was left of it could only sustain 2,000 individuals. So not a lot. And it kind of sucks because these like the horns on these things are righteous as fuck. They can be almost four feet long. And this the goat, like the average weight of this goat is like about 250 pounds. This thing is like a is a fucking Satan goat. It's like a goat on a heavy metal album cover. <laughs> oh, yeah. and they have beards, so you can totally talk to them like Mark Wahlberg. You just walk up to the ibex and be like, "Hey, goat, I like your beard." Will it in fact say hello to his mother for me? Yeah, and you can do a movie together. I'm serious, serious goat. Let's do it. This could be huge. So, yeah, that's the story of the Popelik monster and the Walia Ibex, real and much cooler. I don't mean it like it can't lure you up to a train trestle and chase you with its hatchet, 
but also it's real. It, and it can jump around from rock to rock and scale seemingly unscalable cliffs. Which is pretty baller. Mm-hmm. Way baller yeah. than being a failed <laughs> juggalo. Better than being fictional by mm. um, by 150%. Absolutely. It probably listens to actual music, i.e. heavy metal, rather than ICP. Probably. Yeah. Half metal, half good at climbing, and half awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to call it. You guys have any final words? No, you don't, because that was the best way to end it. All right, everybody. Uh, uh, what? Ibex. Mathemat- mathematical Ibex. 150% awesome. All right. So uh, I guess with that, uh, we'll sign off. So everybody, be excellent to each other. And? 69, dudes. God, you suck at that. I'm just not going to play ball. everybody thanks again for listening to the show and as i do every week you know if you like us uh please subscribe and tell your friends and give us a review on itunes and all that crap you you know the drill like just don't do it if you don't like us because i'm not trying to pressure you or anything that would that wouldn't be cool um and uh you can always contact us at hiddenzoo69 at gmail.com follow us on twitter and facebook at the hidden zoo um and um stuff (laughs) 